Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. everybody back to PR 360. Uh, I have with me on this show uh, Becky Wilson and Patrick Hamilton. They're the brains behind the We Write Good creative content shop. Uh, together they write promos and taglines for some of the biggest shows on television, such as Abbott Elementary, Jeopardy, Dancing with the Stars. They've done work for ABC, NBC, E, CNN, Paramount Plus, Marvel Studios, just to name a few. Uh, Becky also has a background in theater and has performed on the Groundling stage. And Patrick is the host of the Kill by Kill podcast that unpacks popular horror films one death at a time. Did I miss anything? Feel free to brag if there's like a great show that I'm missing here. Or Becky is an international beauty that, that <laughs> yeah, generally goes that. on her CV. So that's important to note. <laughs> Yeah. Well, very- it's a good note to all if you're married to your partner, you get constantly complimented at work. So yeah. that's nice. Oh, I like that. And okay, so <laughs> well, I guess we'll we'll start with that. It is interesting that in you know, you guys work and have a domestic life together as a married couple. Um I find the story of how you two met rather charming, and I know you've told it a billion times, but can you please tell the PR three sixty audience how this came to be? Uh, we were both studio guides at Universal Studios Hollywood. Becky was on her way out. I had just come in. I saw her across the room reading a book by an author that I liked, and I and I took a shot, and uh, it did not hit. But <laughs> six years later, we met at a party with mutual friends uh, who were like studio guides and whatnot. And uh, we started hanging out and we started writing and then um, we started dating. And then uh, we. And I was working at an ad agency at the time. So that's how I kind of cut my teeth on all of this stuff was because, yes, I had a background in theater and I got a BFA with with an emphasis in Shakespeare. So I love words, you know, I'm really into words, but I didn't necessarily know that I that meant that I knew how to write. Mm. And it wasn't until I ended up through a bunch of weird happenstance after directing the vagina monologues, I did that for about six months, came back to Los Angeles, and then I got a temp job at an ad agency just answering the phone. <laughs> and the creative director there said, what are you doing answering the phone? I feel like you should come to a meeting, come to a pitch meeting come see what we do. So that was like, really, like, okay, uh, I guess. And so, you know, annoying the office manager to to have no one answer the phone for an hour (laughs) while I got to go to this pitch meeting, I started to realize, oh, this is a very kind of cool industry. This, how do you make people want to buy things that they may or may not want? Um, And how do you do it in a creative way? And that's, I started honing myself little by little. He kept giving me more and more um, confidence and more uh, assignments. And then I became a copywriter. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we met, the the guy who had brought you into that meeting had been hired at Fox on the the broadcast network side. Yes. 
and he's like, the, the editors here are great. The producers here are great. I want better words. He brought Becky in and said, do you know anyone else who's good at this? And she lied. And she said, me. <laughs> Uh, the guy she did not tell anyone else she was sleeping with at the time. No, I was on a I was on a national tour with a robot. Honda had a robot that they would tour around museums, and we had just been on the Today Show. So when he called me, I'm walking down the street in New York. I've just been on the Today Show. I sound like the hottest thing around. Right. Previous to that, I had been out of work for six months. <laughs> so you know, it, it was just a good timing thing, and I was just. Per- for what we do simply because like TV meant a lot to me as a child. I read the TV guide like it was a novel. <laughs> Pop culture was my thing. I, I, you know, but I just didn't have a target for, for my skill set. Yeah. And this seemed to be that skill set. And weirdly enough, we've now been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, bear in mind, bear in mind, we started when we were 14 years old. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, of course. So, in in, in the uh, uh, parlance of the industry. So, but the specific We Write Good Company, like when was that established? Was that, was that? That was, um, we were, so we landed at Fox and, and we ended up getting a lot of jobs in what, there's a niche in this field of entertainment marketing and promo called special projects Mm -hmm. or special shoots. And we ended up kind of being those people. The, okay, we're launching a brand new show. This isn't not something where we have to cut a promo together necessarily, but we're launching something new. We have a budget. We have the talent. What can we do with them that isn't part of the show, but makes you understand what this show is going to be and gets you excited to see it? So little teaser. It was kind of the start of teasers. Um, And those kinds of things was back in 2002, Mm -hmm. uh, three and four. And then we we did enough of those, plus a lot of taglines and copywriting and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, in promo departments, they're constantly restructuring. People get laid off, people get fired, people then show up somewhere else. And that ended up happening to us. Yeah. And we went on like a sob story, like <laughs> camping trip, like we're never going to get hired again. <laughs> we're just going to drive up the beautiful coast of California and mm-hmm. camp and not spend any money and it'll be fine. We did that for 48 hours before the first call came wow. in saying, I heard about you guys. Can you do this thing for the Teen Choice Awards and make a bunch of fun banter for the hosts? But I need it by tomorrow. <laughs> and we were at a campground and... <laughs> So we said, yes. So we wrote a bunch of scripts and around a f- They said, a what is your rate? And Patrick, yeah. without blinking or whatever on the phone, said something that was double what we had ever done before. Good. And that was kind of the start of, wait a second, not only did they not balk, not only did they hire us, not only did we get called, but more calls followed. Yeah. And that gave us the confidence to start we write good. That is, that's amazing. Uh, just to go back a little bit, I guess, Becky, is so funny because your story is very similar to mine and how I got into writing and media and that I was working in the promotions department at a radio station at KLSX in LA. And mm-hmm. I was basically, you know, I just, I sent out the prizes that people won on air, but my boss was like, oh, we have to do a memo every week because so, you just write the memo that went to the rest of the station saying what the promote, you know, promotions people were doing. I had no idea that anybody read it. And the creative director went to my boss and said, 
I had no idea that you could write, Mike. This is great stuff. And he goes, I don't write that crap. It's Todd. And he's like, who's Todd? And then... <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the creative directors, at a certain point, they get tired of writing. Everybody gets tired of writing, I think. But people like us, you know, they say that what's to be a writer is to have homework for the rest of your life. And that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what it feels like. But so getting into it, you're talking about how you rolled into working on promos. And what are the elements that make a television, specifically promo, work um, pot, you know, and the, specifically, obviously, we want to you want to give them the information. But uh, what are the things that someone who doesn't do this every day would never consider? I, you're in a way, you're kind of the plate that the show should be served on. Oh. Like here, and a lot of it is awareness, giving an a, giving a short, succinct attitude to the clips that are paired with it. Or introducing people to a concept that they should be semi-familiar with, but you're giving it a different twist. Mm. Ultimately, you're selling what the show is. And occasionally, we will get a job where they're asking us, all right, we know this is a very unfunny comedy, and <laughs> it's you know not particularly appealing, and the stars aren't really popping. Can you make it seem funny? And I feel like people can always sense that flop sweat on something when you're trying to sell something that it isn't. Yeah. And when, if you do attract people to go see that show, the show is going to end up delivering something that they did, that they were promised. They, they were going to get something else. And different generations yeah. act totally differently. Oh. You know, the way you, you're going to sell NCIS and blue bloods to my mom. And we do plenty of that and have done that in my career is going to be very different than how we're going to, serve up uh you know we worked on euphoria right mm. with with the hbo so such different things so you it's almost like you said coming out what is what is the crux of the show and a lot of times for us that just means sitting with the show for a minute watching it because we'll get an advanced copy we'll sit and watch as many episodes as they allow us to have and um and then say to each other if we had to sum this up in a print ad like in one line yeah. What would that be? Even if it's not pretty yet, even if it's not artfully crafted, what? And that usually gets us our starting point because we realize that's the core, that's what you're selling, right. and now how do you build a promo out of that? Well, so yeah, it's a point of just boiling it down to the essence, and then right. Okay, I like that, but an attractive essence, yes, yeah. a perfume of what, <laughs> an amuse bouche of what your meal actually is, right. and over the years. The way we've had to do that has changed profoundly from purely an on-air promo thing to, all right, this is going to be on-air, and then it's going to be, have a streaming hub where the next day it's going to be available, but we're going to promote it via Twitter and TikTok, uh, but we need something different for Instagram stories. All those elements are literally different silos, audiences who expect information a different yeah. way and so um we're coming at it in um an entirely different fashion than we were even 10 years ago where it was still primarily this is happening in between commercials now it can come in, up in your feed at any given time on any of your social media feeds um and we have to be cognizant of how those audiences want to get that information yeah that's crazy. It's like um, 
working, you know, my other gig is writing for Upworthy and mm-hmm. Upworthy, the people's reaction to a s- specific story, if we put it out on Twitter or if we put it out on Instagram or Facebook, like it's going to be a completely different reaction. Like some things will just pop on Instagram maybe because it's more visual or I don't know, the demographic that's looking at Instagram. Um, but then on Twitter, it's just like, it just completely bombs, right? Or Facebook, it completely bombs. So that's got to be very interesting when you're communicating something very complex, like the essence of a television show um, through all these different mediums. When it comes to dealing with clients, I'll give you a pause. Comes to dealing with mm-hmm. clients, uh, is there common feedback that you always have to push back against because they kind of just don't understand? Because you're the pro at what you do and you see it every day, and the the clients step back from the product. There um, is there any common feedback that you always have to push back against that you go, no, 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 no. So you're missing the point here, or yes, I think that. Um the creative people who are in promo and marketing departments for television tend, or movies, because we work on movie trailers too, tend to be very smart and capable, and but are usually overwhelmed. By the time they're calling us, yeah. it's because something they've tried to do in-house didn't work. <laughs> so the, if they're pushing back, they're pushing back against, ah, we already tried that, or... Um, I'm just, I don't have room on my plate for this and I'm hoping that you guys figure it out for me. So there's that, that sort of from them, but on a higher level, that network president level, I think they're very driven by fear and Mm -hmm. therefore they don't want to take chances or risks very often. So I feel like that is what we push back on the most. It'll be, you know, you really could sell like this is an old example, but I think it's a a useful one with that is um, when that doctor show House first came out with Hugh Laurie, right? He's this cranky, pill addled jerk, uh, but so saves people's lives. They didn't want to sell him as that. They wanted to sell him as this wonderful, empathetic mentor who, who had a lovely mysteries. team around him who solved, me- you know, yeah, medical mysteries. And no, no, nothing we could say could get them to change that. And the launch kind of flopped and tanked. And then they put him on. They put the show on after American Idol. Oh, and that audience is like, oh. No, I like I like that he's abrasive. Yeah, he's a character. He's a character. He's he pops. You know, he's not like every other character on television. What they were afraid of was the thing that ended up rescuing that show. If they had literally just told people up front, this is who he is, and allowed him to shine in that, and and back Which it up with the medical mystery. Three yeah. episodes later, yeah. <laughs> they all they of a sudden did that. it flipped to. This is who he is because they gained confidence. They, they stopped worrying so much that people would reject this poor, fragile soul of Dr. House. And then for the however many years that ran, it was always on the fact that he was an abrasive jerk who had no filter. Right. That became that was in the spotlight from that moment on. So um, but people always have a conception of what they want and what they need to get across. Some things you need to sell the very concept of. Sometimes it's, here's an award show. You don't have to explain what an award show is. Everyone knows what that is. It's just coming up with something funny. And, oh, well, 
think the other thing is we tend to be a breath of fresh air because these companies like Disney, ABC, HBO, Fox, they're all in their own bubbles all day long. They're enmeshed in that culture and what that is. So when an outside voice says, hey, um, I'm not sure you actually have to do this. You could try this. It's like, oh, my gosh. Wait, can you? Yeah, you're right. So I think we help shake things up a little bit. And that's another reason why they, you know, they work with outside vendors to begin with. I think they like that relationship. Sometimes you need an agency or a creative shop to come in and look at things from an entirely different way outside of the 12 meetings they had had that day about it. Ideally, like running a network is, is this continuously moving train that has very scheduled stops and keeping that running all those individual elements takes a lot of their time. So when you want to add something new to that, oh. it shakes it up. Well, I, I got a schedule. I, I got to get this, this, you know, they get, they have a lot of things on their plate, but ideally um, bringing that new thing in uh, can shine and elevate the entire operation. So what would be the hardest thing to write a promo for? Because just listening to you guys, I'm thinking, uh, if if someone came and they had like a sitcom and it was like, I don't know, uh, Mad About You or something. And I would like just me, who's never seen Mad About You, we would think this is a TV show about just, I don't know, two 40 year old people that are a couple. Why is this funny or interesting? Or, you know, there's like nothing that stands out besides maybe if you you like Paul Reiser or something. Um, right. right. You know, you. so I'm just thinking. I feel like a generic sitcom kind of thing like that would be the hardest thing to sell because, uh, you know, do you go, he's the kind of guy who's, I don't know, witty. He's, you know. Um, yeah, I feel like you try to not do that yeah. because that's what, yeah, <laughs> that's what you're. You fall into the traps and, and tropes that everyone, their brain clicks off when they hear them. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, they're six attractive friends. Oh, that's never happened before. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's coming at the, yeah, why is this, why is this important for people to see now and trying to figure out what that is. And um, I would say it's probably more, we would probably find the funny in the situational, you know, even if we can't find it in a clip, if we're allowed to do a a shoot with them, Mm -hmm. maybe it's finding, you know, ways where they're talking to each other, uh, through the lens of their child or something. You know, we would come up with something, uh, like some new way to look at it. So A situation that's quick and easy to understand, but demonstrates who they are as characters. Um, Like when, uh, here's uh, the best thing about Becky Wilson um, in in terms of what her job is. She has the ability to uh, understand people's character and cadence. She can literally pick up how they talk. Mm. So if we are doing something where Dolly Parton is hosting an award show, she can speak as if in Dolly Parton's cadence. She can pick that up and easily uh, put that on the page. She's just very good at character. Once you pick up character, you can make funny situations that are quick, that pop, um, that go, oh, I didn't know that person was going to be on TV. That is what you're going for. You want to intrigue. You want to tease. And 
that will uh, people go oh well, maybe i will set my dvr or i will watch that when that comes up on my home screen that's what we're trying to get yeah every single time yeah and thank you that's very very kind it's very sweet. true but yeah i do think that getting the voice is super important if you don't have the voice it's not going to work because it won't be genuine right. so that helps but then you need like then Patrick comes in and he's like, what if we change this to this? And then it's 20 times funnier. So it's awesome. It's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? The ability to figure out someone's character and their, their speech patterns and to do it precisely and enough to pass muster, especially with the talent that has to read it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I, because I worked my way up through the Groundlings classes and had the acting background, that just sort of came naturally where I could put myself in those characters' shoes so it's easier to write for them that way. But you also need to, if you don't do that as as easily, I think what you, you just come from is a place of authenticity, right, of, to the situation. I, I, I often describe how we work that... <laughs> pardon this particular analogy, but um, Becky is a sniper and I'm a, a machine gun. <laughs> I just, bah, 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 and it fires in a whole bunch of different directions. Some of those shots hit the target. Great. Some of those are wild, man. <laughs> you wouldn't even want to touch them. I just got to get those bullets out of the way for the good ones to come. She lines up a shot and nails it every single time. It's a longer process to come up with that idea, shorter for her to execute. I come up with ideas, 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 but because there's so many of them, I got to clear a bunch of them out of the way to actually get to the gold. You kind of have to sift through that. So between the two of us, I think we come up with a full package for our clients. I, I do think that's why we have continued to be successful is because you get two points of view and and it's important to get a female point of view. Yes. Uh, I am in so many meetings where I am the only woman there. Oh. So it's... Um, it's, I think it's important to have that. And they realize it. It's like, okay, not only are we getting good volume, but this stuff has been edited by them first before we even see it. So it's, they're not just in their head thinking, this is a great promo idea. <laughs> We've actually bounced it back to each other a bunch of times An first. Another set of human ears has heard it first. Yeah. And so it, it, we each are touching each other's stuff along the way to put it in its best possible shape. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been in a meeting, Becky, where again, where you were possibly the only female and the people in the meeting were so wildly off in considering something from a female perspective or just kind of not taking it into account uh, at all? Any specific yes. circumstances <laughs> that you would want to divulge? <laughs> I mean, there's been a few of those. I would say the one that stands out uh, was this... German man who owned a baby TV or whatever that thing was called, which I don't even think exists anymore. But there was a, it was about right when I had just had a baby, uh, you know, 11, 12 years ago, there was this channel where you could actually show your infant or newborn television. It was like a way of put them in front of the TV. You know, and it was fluffy clouds and like plants like, yeah, growing. Yeah, it'd be like clouds and a dog walk, you know, strolling yeah. by or whatever. But they were trying very hard to not go under at the time and thought the key is to get mom to watch this with her baby. Um, 
and and you know to also like have shopping opportunities coming up all the time and every meeting we were in he was explaining very much explaining to me that <laughs> I did not understand what motherhood was because mother, what she wants to do is she wants to get her frappuccino and she wants to sit down and she wants to shop and then she wants to look at her baby sleeping and she feels so happy and then she and then she wants to shop some more and then she will make dinner and it was just so bizarre as I was sitting there with like a one-year-old on my lap at the time being like, Oh. oh, okay, yeah. He definitely understands where the priorities lie. Um, you know, that's an extreme example, but it was a, a, a crazy, memorable a one. Memorable one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But yes, there are times where you just kind of shake your head and go, really? We have to do this? Like, it's a really hot girl who comes in, and then the schlub is like, oh, and then he gets the girl, and we're going to sell the show or whatever it was. And you just kind of go, yeah, I mean... Sure. <laughs> We've seen that a lot. I think we're past it. I think we can. At the end of the day, like every client's going to come with us with a set of specific needs and, and they're going to want to see some of their voice incorporated. And so part of writing is rewriting and taking notes, notes you might not agree with, but how can you deliver them something that you can feel proud of and they can feel that they've been heard with and, you know, walking yeah. that tightrope is why we get paid the mediocre bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thank you guys. You guys have just been wonderful. Uh, where can people learn more about what you do and, of course, hire you for their next big project? Well, we do have a website um, that, we, that we don't uh, update as often as we should, but um, that's a good place to reach us. Um, yeah, we write, we good write good dot com. Dot com. And then... In general, we tend to um, bounce around. So, yes, we work for large agencies, but we also work directly for um, five or six different networks on a regular basis, depending on what's coming up for the season. So, yeah, yeah just our website, calling us, um, listening to Patrick's, Patrick's podcast. Yes, please listen to my podcast. <laughs> you know what? Just download it. You don't even have to listen to it. Download it to scrub through it. It's fine. Uh, it's for horror movie nerds. Um, it's called uh, Kill by Kill. We talk about horror movie characters in the order in which they die. And look, you just did a promo. Yeah, that, that was good. Uh, <laughs> I do believe it was uh, once given a very prestigious ranking by was it Variety, like the best horror podcast yeah. that you can listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were the of the. Tens, you know, most fun horror movie podcast or something along those lines. It was very nice, uh, you know, for an independent podcast with with no backers, with no, you know, horror website or magazine or to do behind it. We do pretty darn well, and uh, we've been doing it now for nearly seven years. Wow, the podcast, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But generally, you, you'll you never know that the work is necessarily ours, because as you probably know, in this business, you know, you're part of, a, you're, you're hired for a piece. And even if you're hired for the idea, like, what is the big concept? It's not like a novel where our name is attached to it. So it's always out of the kindness when, when we get, you know, when networks will go out for an award for 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 their promos or something for the Promax Awards or something like that. It's always so nice when they actually acknowledge that 
the concept and idea came from us, but they don't have to. They don't do have that. to. They 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 pay us up front, so it's theirs after we give it to them. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, sometimes we're an inspiration. Sometimes we're the whole enchilada. What it comes down to is, is we're helping people uh, do what they need to get done to, to get people to watch TV, and they should watch more of it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to title this episode, You Should Be Watching More Television. Uh, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's it. Not less. You yeah. know. More. More. Yeah. More, more yeah. television. That's, 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 uh, that's the most anti-Gen X thing I've ever heard in my life from fellow Gen Xers. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, we've been corrupted by the man for a while now. Good, good, good. It's better that way. Uh, I'd like to thank Becky Wilson and Patrick Hamilton for coming on the PR360 podcast. WeWriteGood.com. That's right with a W. Uh, talk to you guys soon, and thanks a lot. Thanks, Todd. Bye, everyone. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.